Hello, and you are listening to the Two Hands in the Pearl podcast. Uh, this is season two, episode three. Yopa. And uh, today I am joined by the two regulars, uh, TJ and Robbie. How are we getting on, man? Well, Mr. Craig. How's things? All good, boys. All good. I'm just back from uh, my lockdown walk, so uh, feeling a bit refreshed. Uh, do I have nice. uh, Yeah, went for a lockdown walk as well. And yeah, I won't lie to you, I'm absolutely bulling today. So um, I, I got Durant over before the podcast, as you know. Two, two, rants, <laughs> two rants, two rants. Two rants, two rants. Yeah. Two rants. So, <laughs> let, it, let it be known, it was two rants. <laughs> Not to subject the listeners to anything, that's yeah, the main thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's why we only started recording now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Robbie, did you go plan today as well, bud? Oh man, I was flat out uh, doing the old homeschooling there, so uh, I didn't get out for a walk, but it was kind of going from one end of the table to the other, uh, nice. talking uh, English, Irish and maths and all sorts of stuff in between, so uh, yeah, it was good fun, good crack, you know, so. Happy out. Was it, uh, was it one of you that sent the video of uh, Father Ted giving out into that chat? No? Mm, don't know. It sounds like something I, I do. I remember saying it, Yeah. I, I got it sent to me today. Anyway, if I can find it, I'll send it into that chat. And uh, that's just going to be you when you're uh, another month into this homeschool. Yeah, it's yeah, it's looking pretty rough to be honest. I was like, all right, just get <laughs> just get through January, get through January, and you'll be fine. A few weeks there, yeah. last week of it coming up, and I was like, uh, looking, it's going to go into February now. <laughs> Actually, so, this, yeah. the scary thing about it, lads, not drag the topic off, but it's the leaving certs left in limbo again, like. I think that's who I really, really feel sorry for, being honest. Yeah, it's kind of mad. And like, ah, yeah. my you oldest guy, to... not to depress Liam too much, my oldest guy, he's going into secondary next year. Like, so, you know, it's kind yeah. of a bit of a, you know, yeah. a shitty time for him. Like, yeah. I was just about to say, you've kind of, you've opened up the can of worms there. Because, like, uh, if you look at it, the uh, six years now have actually had less schooling than the six years last year. Because, yeah. obviously, they were in fifth year last year. They've had no school last year. And now they're coming into a leaving cert this year, and it's like they've had no school for the last year and a half. Like, does it actually show that they can actually do something other than the leaving cert? Like, will it actually finally take the pressure off the of students and say, "Here, there are other options there out there. If you don't get your first choice, do a PLC or do something apprenticeship, and then work on." Instead of, I remember in school anyway, it was. CAO, CAO, CAO. Anyway, that's yeah, yeah. We'll we'll bet on that because that, that this is a fucking episode in itself. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't think we're halfway near qualified to chat about it. So that's why you wanted <laughs> to stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Break before, yeah. Before we go any further, this is going to be as close as we can get to a forty-minute episode. Just getting it out there, lads. And uh, start off topic one. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, tomorrow is Leinster v Munster. And um, I honestly think it's going to be a battle of the packs. So a battle of the, uh, the front eight on either side. Um, like Leinster have named a very strong uh, starting eight. Like you have uh, Healy, Cronin, Porter uh, as the front row. And if that doesn't scare you, I don't know what will, lads. That's like, it's, it's fucking scary, like. Porter is like a big fucking Belgian blue shirt. And um, uh, Munster have named a very strong kind of back row, so O'Mahony, uh, Tyburn, and CJ Stander. 
So um, there's going to be some serious uh, jackling and turnovers in those rooks there. Uh, what do you think there, Robbie? Who do you think is going to come on top? Uh, I don't know. Like, I suppose it's uh, I think it's in Munster, but they've got no crowd, so they can kind of that nullifies that that uh, sort of factor. They usually have the the sixteenth man there. Um, yeah, I just yeah. think it's going to be like they're going to be hopping off each other, and it's going to be an addition really for the Six Nations. You know, there's going to be or Five Nations or whatever it's going to be um, if it goes ahead. And uh, it's it's definitely tomorrow is the day for all of these guys to put their hand up and say, "I want that green jersey." Uh, on the opening day of the Six Nations, you know, so there's definitely going to be <laughs> nobody holding back. Everyone's got, there's going to be, I know a lot of these guys uh, know each other inside out, but they're going to be absolutely hopping off each other. So it's going to be, it's going to be some game. Yeah, exactly. And uh, like, as you said, the way, the way they should be looking at it is it's, it's there are 30 players there looking for an Ireland spot. Like, so, and now it's time to, to step up to it. Uh, any thoughts, TJ? Yeah, I agree with Robbie there, and um, I think it's going to be, and what you said as well, it's going to be a humdinger battle. Just shows it's actually funny. I think the most pressure, as Robbie said, to be on Munster. I mean, they're at home in Tomang Park. I mean, that's that's an absolute, absolute terrible place to go for an opposition team. But without the crowd there, will the same bite be there? I mean, Leinster had the kind of hoodoo over Munster for the past number of years, and it was vice versa going back, say, 10 years ago or more. Um, I, I think, I don't know, I, I I think Leinster will win it, but I think it all depends on the start. I mean, uh, Munster showed a good few times this year they are able to come from behind. Um, they held on against Connacht. Um, by the skin of their teeth but it it was just a typical Munster performance so no matter what like it's I don't know I think Leinster will shade it but I think it's going to be a humdinger like if Leinster get a couple of early tries well then it might be slightly easy enough but if Munster can hold their own for say the first 20-30 minutes um, it could be a real humdinger and Leinster might only get over say be three points or that yeah, I think it's uh, it's going to be a close game, and uh, as I said, it's going to be it's going to be an absolute rock fest, like you know, because rock fest, rock fest. Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you know, like the ball packs names are absolutely massive, and uh, yeah, the, the tackles there are going to be you know bone crunching. So uh, I'm going to call it here, boys. I think Leinster will win it, um, but I think Munster will give them uh, a tough shout. Um, yeah. Could the weather be a factor, Lean? Like they're given, there's an ice and snow warning. Could that really, could that really help Munster in a sense? Because the grain to be hard, it could be. Would it take the sting out of Leinster tail? I don't know. I think, um, I think the hard ground suits Leinster's game because they like to play a fast ball. So um, yeah. You know, Munster have the in in like strength wise Munster have say a stronger pack, but um I think Leinster have a smarter pack. Um now the scrums uh with the front row that Leinster have, they shouldn't lose any scrums. Um, you know, there's Helium Porter, two Irish props there, and then Cronin as well, who's been there thereabouts. So they they shouldn't be losing any scrums and uh then you have Fardy and James Ryan in second row. 
Fardy is an absolute beast around the pitch. And uh, then it, the back row, you have Ruddock, uh, Connors and Doris. So that's a that's a pack there that loves to move. So um, I, yeah. know, I think it's going to be Leinster all day. I think it's Leinster's to lose, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Happy days. I think we're done chatting shit about that, boys. We'll uh, we'll be on. Uh, we'll be on to TJ's uh, controversial topic. And, uh, <laughs> this, just to let the listeners know, we had to convince TJ into uh, into chatting about this one, and uh, it's a bit of trouble in the Kilkenny camp. Do you think, uh, TJ? I won't. I'm not. I'm not going to sit on the fence. I honestly don't know, Lee. <laughs> no. I really don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are two sides, I, I put it this way to you, there are two sides of looking at it, and I was thinking about it earlier on when the, the topics were put up for the podcast. If you look back a number of years ago, there was a raft of retirements from the Kilkenny team, and that's when they were successful. I mean, if you look at it, there were Martin Comerford, Henry Shefflin, um, Haggy Fogarty, Derek Ling, uh, Peter Barr, all of these, going back all throughout Cody's era and I mean the one thing with Brian Cody is if your time was up your time was up whether you didn't like whether you didn't want to retire or not you're going to retire and that's the so um I think the big thing and other than say players are down I won't really comment because I'd be good friends with a lot of the players and I don't want to go in I never even asked them about it and I won't lie to you and that's it it's their own decision and they had, I mean, highly decorated and medals and everything won. The one worrying thing I would say is DJ Carey stepping away. Now, there were rumours going around that DJ Carey was, t- and I don't even like commenting on it because DJ was my hero. DJ Carey and Charlie Carter were my, my idols growing up. And um, that'd be, I think there's questions over that. I mean, I was involved with management teams and you usually, even if things don't go your way the first way or first year, you always kind of go and give it a second year. Now, DJ was linked to Carlo and now it's been, you could nearly say it's been announced Tom Mullally at Kilkenny is going to take over Carlo. Well, that's what the rumours are going around. Um, but I think, I think there are more question marks than previous years. But are they kind of unfair question marks I'd be one of the ones questioning so I'm kind of arguing with myself here in a sense I mean I'm you like a, politi- you like a politician GJ don't you yeah, yeah, this sounds awfully a lot like sitting I'm on the fucking and diving there like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. personally I'd make a great boxer <laughs> personally I, I'd be fear that this could be a year that we won't have any success but Jess, yeah, but Jeff, we we won Leinster last year. We came back against Galway, like. Yeah, but is Leinster the overall goal? Well, it was. It, it was. It was the starting point. I mean, no matter what, with Brian Cody, he went out to win everything. Went out to win the league. Went out to win the Leinster Championship, and then the All Ireland. And if there was a Welsh Cup as well in in a year, which they weren't last year, or they were last year, sorry. If there's a Welsh Cup there as well, go out to win the Welsh Cup. No matter what, I mean, even if you fielded an under-21 side, 
in the opening round games, then bring in the experienced lads because they'd be later back in training. So, I mean, yeah, Leinster was vital last year. I mean, Galway beat him and then Wexford beat him. Um, and that would be really hurtful for Kilkenny. I mean, they have, they're the top of the pile, way out ahead of the other teams. But still, that was an important thing. Question marks were in the Watford performance uh, last year. And I think that's where, I mean, we kind of reverted hold. And that's where the question marks would be. But I, I'm really uncomfortable talking about it. I won't lie to you because I'd be good friends with a lot of the players. And I have the absolute height respect for the manager, uh, Brian Cody and the management team. So I hope I'm wrong, but there are more question marks this year than they ever were. There was on our on our Instagram PJ, um, like obviously uh, Brian Cody is greatest hurler manager of all time, and everyone has a massive respect for him. Uh, but I I put up a poll on our Instagram as whether you think whether people thought he was the right person uh, this year to lead Kilkenny to an All Ireland, and like half the people said no. So, and a lot of people from Kilkenny would follow our page. So that's kind of you know a good flavor of the opinion like that. You know, obviously everyone massively respects him, and you know. He owes he owes uh, people of Kilkenny absolutely nothing. You know, no one's going to doubt on that at all. Like, but there is probably a good lot of people who who are kind of maybe looking for a change. You know, and uh, it was announced that last week that he was kind of staying on, and then a few like people have left the panel and stuff like that. I'm not saying that they left because of that, but um, you know, there is a lot of people leaving. You know, at a key time, and doesn't really kind of you know it does kind of seem like you know all is not well, but. Uh, you know, yeah, you don't have to answer any specific there. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's a completely valid point. And I mean, the funny thing about it is you could have people from other counties following the page. We know they're on it. And they, I mean, that <laughs> banter kind of way. But I, taking that aside, even going back, say, 2001, uh, there were question marks. Uh, people were calling for Brian Cody to step away. And Kilkenny went and won 2002, 2003. Uh, there are question marks in 2004-2005. Kilkenny uh, were beaten by Galway and then Cork and Dollarland in 2005. Or I, I might be mixing them up, but that's uh, Cork and Galway bet them in 2004-2005. Um, but then Kilkenny went and done the four in a row and were very close to doing the five in a row. So if you look at it throughout Brian Cody's time in, involved with Kilkenny, people were questioning whether it was grievances or grudges or whatever. Even after winning All-Irelands, there were still question marks. I think where the big question, the question marks now are, I, for a good number of years, say when in there is the, say the mid to early 90s, Kilkenny had very little success. Absolutely very little success. Got to all earned in 98-99. Awfully beat us 98. Cork beat us 99. But then we went on an absolute... It was an absolute amazing time to be a Kilkenny supporter. I mean, it was just fabulous. I mean, Leinster titles, All-Ireland titles. But now we're in a barren patch again. And they are a lot of question marks. Maybe the focus should be on... Did we win enough of minors? Did we win enough under 20s or under 21s before the under 20s came in? 
So that's why I'm on defence. I mean, I really am. I'm involved with teams myself, start night, and I couldn't even polish Brian Cody's boots. And that's it. And that's why I'd be uncomfortable and then being friends. But my personal view is there's examples there with Sean Boylan and Mickey Hart. And that would be the concern. Jez, you've gone a quite a long way about saying you're sitting on the fence, TJ. <laughs> I, I think this is stressing TJ out. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, actually it's hurting my brain. It's hurting my brain. Like I'd say, I'd say if you had a heart rate monitor on him now, it would just be going through the roof. It would. I know it's actually fairly stable now. <laughs> yeah, because you're finished. You're finished talking. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I honestly don't know, lads. I hope it isn't a mistake. I really do but they are a fear there. They're more of a fear now than they would be previous years. Um, and that's it. I mean, you look, ask any Manchester United supporter about Alex Ferguson. I mean, that's... It, it, it's the same comparison. Like, It really is. Um, so, I hope I answered it good enough, but I genuinely don't know. <laughs> But I don't even know anymore because I zoned out for half of that, man. You went on a good, you went on a good three or four minute uh, spiel there, and I zoned out. I'd say half a through that, and I only click, I only click back in at the at the last second. I was like, yep. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. hope Robbie didn't zone out <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I know. I I was it was thoroughly entertaining the way you were just kind of, you were just going through the whole question there, and you know. I, yeah, because I, I thought it was very I, entertaining. I actually started to record. Sorry, but before we started to record, you're like, no, I don't think I want to talk about this. And then like, we convinced you and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be really controversial. And then like, you, started, you started chatting and you're like, yeah, Yo, you have two feet on the fucking fence. Like, well, I, I fired this back at Robbie, actually. And okay. it's, a, it's a brilliant topic. And I mean, it's one that will be discussed around. Um, but do you think it was the right time for Jim Gavin to go? Uh, well, I think like... He could have stayed on, you know, but I think for, you know, for him, he he done like the impossible, like he won five in a row, like no one's ever done that. So like, yeah. and you have like the commitment it takes to, you know, manage an intercounty team and all this sort of stuff. Like, uh, like, you know, hypothetically, he could stay on, he could have stayed on and maybe, you know, kind of. Dublin go through a barren period again and you know then people kind of question you know whether he should stay on and that sort of thing you know I think he kind of he kind of got out with a good time you know for himself like he's won everything you know and I think every so often you do need an injection of uh, kind of new new management and like kind of Brian Cody has completely booked the trend on that for you know 20 plus years like and uh, he could do it again you know we he's well within his powers to do it again you know but um yeah you know i suppose for like jim gavender he's kind of he won six all irelands in seven years and you know like sometimes you like you can just it's a good time knowing your time to go is kind of uh this can be a good time in sports as well you know so uh but like you know obviously turn it back like cody's like he's the greatest hurler manager ever you know and like there's no one even close to him like and no one's even like coming you know saying anything bad about him at all just like every so often it is good to get a new voice in the dressing room you know a new perspective and can kick you on 
you know, sometimes that can happen or sometimes, you know, likes of Manchester United, like uh, six weeks ago, they were 16th in the league and now they're top of the league, you know. So, you know, yeah. things can change. And, uh, you know, obviously he's staying on with Kenny and best looks to him. I hope, I hope that as a Dublin supporter, I hope they win the Ireland this year. And I hope, you know, he has a great, uh, you know, a great season uh, as a manager, you know. I, that's what I hope. But, uh, you know, maybe a new person could have done, you know, a good job as well. Yeah, I know, definitely. And I mean, that's why, and sorry, Liam, honestly, I am, yeah, yeah I am sitting on the fence because <laughs> I could have egg on my face at the end of the year. I could say he should have gone and they win all Ireland, or I say he should stay and they won't get close to it. So that's the way it is. It's too unpredictable to, to call out. Um, yeah. Ah, yeah. Sure, look, we leave it there, lads. We leave it open to the listeners, whatever they think. Um, because uh, some of the ideas is just on the fence, not budging. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. Sure, look, we'll uh, we'll bet on lads. And uh, you McGregor, really, boys. I mean, what else can I say? Fucking McGregor, huh? <laughs> lads, uh, have you seen his uh, pre- press conference with uh, Dustin Poirier? Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right because it's a weird name. Uh, poor year, poor year. I'm not sure. Poor year, yeah, it's like poor year. yeah, it's, it's it's an odd one. It's an odd one, boys. Um, yeah, like if you looked at McGregor five years ago, you're like, look at this absolute fucking knacker from Dublin, and uh, you look at him now, and it's a completely different person. He was like so respectful. He was like a professional athlete, lads. Uh, so he was, and um, like they're even chatting about, um. Oh, trading off on a, a bottle of McGregor's whiskey for a bottle of uh, Dustin's um, hot sauce hot or something sauce. like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Robbie, what do you think of his um, of his attitude change? Do you think it's like sincere or do you think it's put on just so people don't think he's that much of a prick anymore? Uh, I think like probably the way he went on before was more put on if you know what I mean it was kind yeah. of playing up the cameras and it was kind of you know it was real kind of like showmanship and like it got like you know there was one point where he was like probably the biggest news in the planet like if he said something yeah. it was in the papers it was all over the media like you know the way and as there's been kind of a quite a subdued kind of run up to this fight I suppose um it's yeah, not it like got, a it, like mainstream. Yeah, like it got to a point where he kind of played that that role a bit too well, and it kind of became who he was. Yeah. Um, I think when as well when he went off after uh, he was kind of uh, dissing Khabib's family and stuff, like whatever about like you know, you know, like the Muhammad Ali where he was kind of like he was slagging his opponents and he was talking all this trash and stuff. Like that's that's brilliantly entertaining, but for me, like when you're bringing someone's family into it, that's that's uh, that goes a step too far. And like I think a lot of people were kind of like you know, a little bit kind of maybe turned off by that and also with all the kind of other stuff about him in the media. And like, you know, he kind of came from very little to being like the biggest, uh, one of the biggest uh, celebrities in the world. And like, that's like a huge journey for someone to take. Like, and uh, he had a lot of kind of public kind of uh, things happen. And, you know, he's a lot more humble now. Uh, I think that's more close to who he actually is. Um like he can tra- ta- uh, like talk trash with the best of them, but I think the more humble guy is actual, you know, the real McGregor. To be honest, 
Nice, nice, Robbie. Uh, I nice. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. Like, when he did play it up for the cameras, lads, let's be honest, he was a wanker. Uh, but um, it did, like he definitely wasn't like that. I don't. I don't think he was like that anyway. When the cameras were off. But uh, TJ, do you have any view on it, or or, or should we just bail on? Because we're we're <laughs> losing this. We're losing this forty minute episode real quick, lads. <laughs> I know. I agree with what you said, lads. I mean, he was playing up to the camera, and I mean that's what puts buns and seats like. I mean, one one thing I bring up with what you were saying to Dana White sit him down and say, here, for you to come back, you're going to have to change. Like, I know off outside, he did do a lot for charity. He was involved with things. He was very approachable to people. Um, I was lucky, actually, I was in Dublin sitting in a taxi one day, sitting beside his best friend, a lad he grew up with, and he was telling me it's, he's completely different the way. Now, there are incidents in that, but maybe a bit of it was he was told to calm down as well. Because I know controversial characters, it can kind of sell an awful lot of tickets. But, I mean, brands can get damaged as well. So I'm wondering, was his change of heart a bit, maybe a conversation saying, for you to come back, you're going to have to change a bit? Yeah. Cool. You both went like a real professional way about this, lads. Like I've, I've kind of called him out here, and then you've like, oh no, I think he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, well, obviously he's done like lots of shitty things, you know. Oh, he has, yeah. But like at the end of the day, as you said, he's done a lot of work for charity as well. Like so. And, yeah, and like and the, then, the way like fame can affect people as well. Like you know, you know, if you came from absolutely nothing and were the biggest, you know, star on the planet, like yeah, you came from. Came from what, 188 quid on the dollar a week to earning 100 million in one year, like so. That's it. That's, that's a it. massive change. That's... You have to respect that. I mean, you have to. I, I won't lie, I wouldn't have been his biggest fan, but I would respect what he do and I would have cheered him when he was fighting. And, but I mean, in what, uh, what Robbie said, to go from nothing to, like, I mean, just give an example and I won't drag it on. If you win the lotto, even if it's only a couple of million, you have someone coming down, sitting down, in other words, counselling you how you manage your money. Was that available to to McGregor in the UFC? Or someone, say, sports star? That? Is that the reason why they can be kind of controversial? Because you don't get the proper guidance. Yeah, I thought you were going to stay going with that there, TJ. Oh, no. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. Fucking hell, there's a first time for everything, man. <laughs> Look, we'll, yeah, we left that one where it is, short and sweet. Uh, our next topic, lads, uh, is Larger versus Slater. Um, Robbie, I know your answer for this one, but um, yeah. I'm going to throw it down to you. If these were the only two drinks left in the pub, um, I'd probably go with Larger. Uh, cider would have me in a ball of shite and I'd be living on the toilet for the rest of the night and the following day so uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Lager uh, Robbie I'm going to guess you're going to go with cider yeah I'll go, for, I'll go with cider uh, there's a few key factors with cider it's it's more reliable especially for getting pint bottles uh, like I would never get like a pint of draft cider like that just kind of I don't know. think anyone does I think it's maybe it's a, doing that. maybe it's a rite of passage when you're like 17 16 or 17 
because uh, you know I'm from the back arse of nowhere, so uh, yeah, out in the pub, I don't think there was any uh, you know, age or IDs. So um, fucking, I think uh, fifteen was like uh, cans, uh, sixteen was pints, and then you moved on to the large bottles, and uh, then you become a man and you try Guinness, and uh, <laughs> been with, been with Guinness ever since. I was lucky though. I tried Guinness when I was about sixteen. Loved it. Been on it ever since. Well, like obviously Guinness is superior. Like you know, like no it one is, like it is. Know. But it's it's not part of the options. So uh, not part of the options. I was like, what's the lesser? You know, what's the lesser option? And like yeah, the inferior. You know, if I'm out, I'm drinking Guinness. Um, and hopefully you know pubs open so soon. Blah 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 blah. But you know, if you're out with a bunch of people and it's quite a mobile group and it's like moving around or you're even in like you're going to like. <clears throat> like a nightclub sort of scenario, like pint bottles is like bing, bang, boom. You know, I got my drink and I'm out. If you're going to the bar, you don't want to be waiting like, you know, ages for your pint to settle and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of more of a, depends on the kind of mood of the group, I suppose. Um, but definitely it will kind of turn your stomach inside out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you go. have like 12 pints of uh, pint bottles, the bummer is like, you know, you will be feeling it, you know, the next day. And there are probably hangovers are probably worse. Um, but I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be a big fan of like a lot of the mainstream lager, like uh, Budweiser, Heineken, Carlsberg. Like, I think they're all pissed, to be honest with you. So is I that can't, factor I, as well? I can't disagree with you today on Budweiser. It is absolute piss. Um, I Fuck. like, it's cold piss. Um, it's just pure. Yeah. The only reason people drink Budweiser is pure advertising. That's one hundred percent. It's like they're yeah. they're going to the advertising. Of I think I think it could be another rite of passage drink as well. It's like something you just you have to taste it to realize you don't like it. Yeah, I think as well. Like when you're drinking cans of Dutch Gold, uh, Budweiser seems like a very uh, you know attractive option, but it's not. <laughs> it's not really. That, that is an absolute sixteen-year-old uh, drinking a, a bag of cans up the back of a field somewhere, drinking the Dutch Gold. Dutch gold, or uh, I don't know if you ever tried um, the worst alternative to uh, Dutch gold, which is Royal, Royal Dutch, which is absolute muck. Uh, that was definitely, if you got six cans of that as a 16 year old, you were <laughs> one, one hell of a night. <laughs> oh, that had put hairs in your chest. <laughs> <laughs> sure would. Right, TJ, man, I know the three of us could sit here and chat about beer for a long time, uh, but which is your go to? I actually think I know the answer for this as well. And I, I, I know you're fucking queuing it up there brilliantly, you, aren't you? <laughs> I know, yeah, like I know you like your, your cider a little bit, but I think you're going to be a lager man. Yeah, but I'm scared to say it now because Budweiser oh, be me lager. <laughs> I was fucking drinking. <laughs> so, I mean. I noticed. <laughs> I was actually wondering where you fucking setting a trap here for me or something. Are you, are you <laughs> sure? Are you, are you, are you sure you don't have COVID? Because uh, that's that's a loss of taste right there. And that's the only way you could drink Budweiser. 100%. I can't 100%. drink. The only other <laughs> lager I can drink, I won't lie to you, lads, is Foster's. And that's wow. because it was below in my local Malzards in Stonyford. Shout out to Fred there when the lockdown's over. Uh, but... <laughs> you, still do, you still didn't take away points. Yeah, but oh. it's Guinness and Heineken and I don't like either. So, ah, to apologise to Fred, that's the reason why. But uh, this, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, cider, when I started drinking first, cider absolutely used to blow the head off me. 
And that's why I changed to Budweiser. It was a good friend of mine. Uh, Owen Smith started me on Budweiser and I drank it ever since. And then I, I, I put it this way to you. If I was on a night out, Budweiser and then go to Shards. Or if I was on, say, if it was kind of, you know, an after session, you know, the next day after a wedding or a cure after a sag party or a cure after a night out, cider's lovely, a pint, pint glass with ice and a large bottle. Um, if I was having a nod drink at home, which isn't that awful often, it would have to be cider because the hangover from Budweiser would absolutely murder me. I wouldn't see it as worth, actually, and Budweiser would affect me after one one pint, like. Fucking hell! I, I'm allergic to the yeast in it. My uh, my respect has just just uh, dropped a little bit for you there. I thought you never had respect for me, so. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> You're yeah, saying sorry. you had a little. It's good. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's, it's minus. It's minus respect now. So like, <laughs> Is that because he doesn't like Guinness, or because he likes Budweiser? I think it's a combination of the two, lads. <laughs> well, I put it this way to you, lads. I'm kind of allergic to dairy. I'm not fully, but I'm kind of allergic. And I drank Guinness one night, and it was grand. I was, yeah, it was a bit dodgy the next day. It was Arthur's Day, all of that. But then I was in a pub one night, and I'm not going to mention where because uh, it's actually a good friend of mine's pub. <laughs> That's the reason. It's the man doing a Sony for it again, is it? No, 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 definitely <laughs> not. No, no, no. But I got a pint and it was absolutely awful. It was terrible. And that's why there's a good few friend of mine known pubs, so that's why it's not. Why is this actually with dairy, though? Yeah. Why did you bring I, that up? There's I, no dairy in Guinness. I know, but I think it looks like it. That's I should I have think it. It's, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Your your scientific rationale has no sense here. <laughs> That's the whole, time, the whole time I was waiting for him to go somewhere with the dairy bit, I was like, all right, can't <laughs> yeah. find Guinness. And then he was going to another pub. And then I was like, oh, where is, where is the dairy here? Where, where is that going to come in? Yeah, but, but it, it looks a... like cream. And that's the thing. Like, <sighs> but it it's looks not like cream. <laughs> I know it's not cream. It's it, like you put fucking this margarine stuff on your bread and it's called, I, I can't believe it's not butter. It's still not fucking butter, like. But still, the perception, like, so there is absolutely zero correlation here. And uh, before we get before we get bogged down on this, lad, <laughs> we can fucking bet on. Fucking hell! Uh, yeah. So the next topic, lads. Uh, one thing you really miss about the lockdowns, and then one mm-hmm. thing you, uh, you actually really enjoy. Whose fucking phone is going off, lads? I'm trying to produce here in the actually, background. Actually, that, yeah, that was, that was DJ. Uh, so we only have two minutes left in this uh, call. Let's so... we'll we'll take a tea break and go for some crusty scones. Is that right, DJ? <laughs> yeah, with yeah. cream of Guinness on them. And yeah. Then, yeah, Just then, no, no dairy for TJ and no Guinness. No, no dairy. In, uh, here, lads, before we finish, I make a promise to you. We never had a night out, well... Never had yeah, a night out as a podcast. If we, we have a night out, ye convince me on Guinness. And if you're able to convince me, that will be, be my drink. I the only convincing you'll need, the only convincing you need is to sit down next to me and Robbie and see how much we enjoyed. With a packet of flakes. A pack of flakes, boy. <laughs> we'll fucking show you. 
But you, but you put a flake in an ice cream. Anyway, here, go on. And take you put the it in again. It seems good. Go on, take the break. Take the break. We'll chat to you in a minute, lads. <laughs> right, right. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. How boys? Welcome back. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed your little break. Uh, TJ slaving away in the background there, as per usual. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just not going to get bogged down in what you did for your little five minute break there, Robbie. So. Uh, We'll just bet on because obviously we're going over our four-minute episode, which is breaking my heart. Thanks, so, Liam. Um, <laughs> you're welcome, Bobby. So yeah, like you're you're the host, man. You control what happens. So you know, four-minute yeah, yeah, exactly, episode yeah. on you, on you, pal. Go away. Actually, if TJ didn't, didn't rant on about Cody for so long, actually, you know, that was. That was I'm at least 40 minutes that ran to us. You'd only be sitting here for 15 minutes, or we would. I'm going to hit a point here, and I let the viewers decide. Every time Liam mentions a 40-minute episode, it drags on longer, maybe 50, 55 minutes. And every I time myself, no I know, every time myself and Robbie do it, we aim for about, what, 50 minutes? And we get nearly on the ball every time. You see, I think that's your fault. You're, you're out here to destroy me. You're, you're out here to do me wrong. And like the We're doing everything to make it go on longer. Touche, touche, touche. Straight away, we got like, bogged down, right? So, we only picked that topic about Cody because we knew TJ was going to go on a rant for ages. We uh, just we, knew, we just knew. We knew there was half an hour there. Brian <laughs> Cody's my hero. I'm just putting that out there. He's my hero, so... Uh, move on, no, move on. That's not that's not what you said off the chat, but uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I know he's my hero. Robbie, Robbie, bet, we'll bet on. So, what is the one thing you really miss uh, throughout the lockdown, and the one thing you really enjoy? Uh, yeah, I suppose I'll go through. I kind of obviously kind of at home with my family and stuff, so I kind of really enjoy uh, spending time with the kids and stuff like that. Like. Um, the first lockdown was like, yeah, this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity, but uh, it's actually, you know, a three times in a lifetime yeah, opportunity at the moment. But uh, yeah, like what I'm really enjoying is um, kind of uh, with the kind of homeschooling and stuff, uh, we have been kind of limited a bit because we have to kind of do like uh, work at home and stuff, but kind of yeah. getting out and going for really long walks. Uh, so obviously kind of walking within our 5K. But uh, yeah, we went for a big walk. We went for a big walk last Sunday and it was a really great adventure and uh, it was just great crack. We were kind of gone for most of the day and like on kind of over the kind of all the different lockdowns, we've kind of got out into our area and kind of gone for walks and stuff like that. So like that's been really kind of uh, a lot of fun and stuff. And then just was like just the kind of freedom to travel is kind of the, the one thing you'd kind of majorly miss where you'd be able to kind of just pop down here or I'll just pop up here and go there and, so you kind of miss being able to just kind of, oh, sure, what will I do today? Oh, sure, I'll go up and see my mom and dad or I'll head down to Wexford or I'll go off here, we'll go to Chamor or something like that. So just that freedom to just kind of, it's almost like, I don't know if you remember the days before you had a car, uh, like you just kind of stuck and you like you had to like uh, wait for someone to give you a lift and stuff like that. And it was a lot of hassle. But then once you got into the car, once you had your car, you could just drive everywhere. So I suppose yeah. just kind of miss that, being able to just up and go and go go wherever, like. I actually have that down as what I miss the most, is just being able to go wherever you want. And uh, little little day trips away or little weekend trips off. Uh, that's, like, yeah. I said I'd keep it away from the gym and uh, the pub. So, uh, yeah, that's what I, I do miss is you know, your little day trips. 
Yeah, um, I miss the cinema as well. I know it's like you're paying like you're paying an extortionate amount of money to eat like really ch- shitty popcorn and stuff like that. But just something about like uh, going to the cinema. Something about it, yeah. Yeah. That's the experience. You're paying for the experience, lad. Yeah, it's the best way to watch a movie. Yeah, in Kilkenny you have those really soft seats, don't you? Oh, the the ones the new in the new cinema they've got uh, myself and Gibbo we went uh, and Bevan as well I think was there we went to see the um, the Irishman three hour long movie and like uh, Jesus nearly fell asleep yeah <laughs> in the big, big massive seats yeah and those like with that movie and those seats did not help <laughs> yeah good it's movie, like really long good fucking movie, movie. So long, yeah. Yeah. Actually, the only yeah, thing that yeah. kind of saved us probably was that the, the heat was off in the cinema. So they actually gave us like a I don't know, discount on a ticket or whatever. So that was probably the only thing that kept us awake. Not bad. They knew what they were at. They knew where they were going, all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll need the heat now for this one, lads. Uh, you want to stay awake. Um, Everyone else fell asleep. So, um, TJ, what do, you, uh, what do you miss and what do you love? Yeah, I, I do go with along the lines of what you said. I miss being able to hop into the car. Well, I don't have any car at the moment, driving the fathers, but uh, I miss being able to hop into the car and just drive around. I mean, I, I was actually going to ask Robbie a question there. Would it be easier if he was, say, in Dublin for the lockdown or down the country for the lockdown? That's, I mean, I miss being able to, I mean, even just driving in the car. I mean, just drive around. Um, another thing I miss is being involved with teams and that. It's it, it, at the time you'd be saying, oh, I don't want to go or whatever." And likes of this or when off season or that, uh, it's when you really miss it. And you say you you won't. You take a year out and you end up with another team again. Like, and that's uh, what I really love about it. I, I, I actually one thing I'm going to I miss friends. I really do. Um, the TV series? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, know I, I miss being able to rip the piss out of Liam in person. I know. Um, no, that's it. I mean, I, I think it's really, like, I'm not going to drag on, but being an only child, I think the lockdown's kind of just shown how important friends and family really are. And not being able to, like, a lot of the friends and family will be outside the 5K, um and they'd be from Sony or that, but to be living away and you just can't catch up with them. And no matter what, Zoom or WhatsApp, it's just not the same. Like, uh, what I love about it, um, I think it's being able to catch up on yokes I never watch and brutal for watching yokes or being able to go for walks or that. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I well being honest, I just I hope we're near the end and the brighter days ahead. That's I just finished on that. Yeah. Happy days, TJ. Um just for me to add to it, the one thing I I actually do love at the moment is all the walking I'm doing. Cause I find like it's it's kind of after replacing the bit of rugby I do is I kinda of get out of the house and clear the head. So um that's that's what the walking is doing for me. Um it's not the same as getting to hit someone, but uh so it's, it's, <laughs> getting to murder somebody. It's pretty damn close. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, we're better on, lads. Uh, this next one is a surprise topic and it was put up on one of our polls on Instagram. Or not a poll, it was uh, the, the question thing. It was the Liam's rant. And uh, someone uh, replied with uh, Liam's rant about TJ being a better athlete than him. 
And, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to ask you one question, Tita, and um, you can include kind of your your all your bigger sporting accolades. So in terms of kind of maybe under 16 and above, uh, how many sporting medals do you have? If you can think of it off the top of your head, on you go. I I was involved in the background with two minors. I wasn't even close to. No, no, no. As an athlete, no. As, as, a as an athlete. Um, yeah. Now, I won't lie, and I'm not going off topic. I done the me knee, I'd done the cruise shield years ago, so that uh, really ended. Uh, no, I mean, uh, after that, I said, now, this, the one achievement... That already proves my point. The one achievement, and I it actually was laughing at that myself, Liam, because I wasn't yeah. sure about But uh, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the one achievement I'm really proud of is playing in Croke Park under Pats Villan and only losing be a pint and being denied a penalty in the game that could have won it. That is just, that was my highlight. I could have won every title with club or whatever, or school or whatever. But that was the, that was the highlight, playing in Croke Park. Yeah, I was involved with an all-earned soccer team with Paul Murphy, Mick Fenley and all that in school. That was a great time. Uh, that would have, I would have been around 17 or 16, 17. I was in secondary school. But um, yeah, I was kind of unlucky. I, I I was unlucky in the stage that we just weren't involved with finals. And then I switched clubs and I done the cruciate and that that was sending me for a while. I'd love to go back. I was actually saying I'd love to go back play rugby, give one year and see if I could do it. And uh, but I I actually laughed at that. And I know the lad that put it up and it was a piss take completely. Like so. <laughs> Guys, I think we should be doing all tests here. We should be doing a 40 yard dash. We should be doing bench press for reps, vertical jump, all these sort of tests, endurance tests. See, like, just you know, like, yeah, see who is the better athlete. Yeah, I'm going for that. Yeah, I'm going for that. But, yeah, uh, let's go. Yeah. We'll set up after a the lockdown, after, after the lockdown, lockdown, let's fucking go. I'll yeah. give you a bit of training as well as if you want. First, I'm actually yeah. doing training with you at the moment, so we'll, we'll get you there. And I'm actually uh, proud. I'm actually really after making progress the past couple of days, so fair play. Yeah, keep it up, bud. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to start off as well, right? I'd say that um, I myself, I've torn my cruise as well. Uh, when I was about six, I jumped off a fucking pile of blocks and I was laying there. I couldn't move. So I tore my cruise there and I still managed to get some pretty decent uh, sporting uh, accolades on my belt. So I suppose my... I have three kind of highlights, and they're actually not with my rugby. They are with racquetball. I have three All-Ireland medals in racquetball. Um, they're not winners' medals. They're all, all three of them runners-up, but uh, still pretty cool to be able to get that far. So, um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll put that that myth to... Uh, I'm not trying to take the piss out here. It's no ball. contest. No contest. Honestly, <laughs> it's no contest. If it was going back to, say, when I was 17, 18, definitely I'd say, yeah, I'd love to, but... Um, yeah. it was just the wrong time I'd done the cruise ship that's yeah. it just the, the viewers needed to know needed to oh know. definitely that's all definitely. it was, all it was. <laughs> just right, to so, go back to the handball yeah. for one second Liam you it's and Gibbo have to face off or racquetball you and Gibbo have to face off 100% yeah definitely yeah I tell you I've been chasing him for years for this, but he won't. He won't. He won't go for it. So uh, I he's think been he's talking afraid. pure trash about you he just didn't even rate you at it so uh, yeah I, t- I think he's afraid lads 
It's Fred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the fear. Yeah, he's, I've been after him for years for this, but no. So if Gibbo, Gibbo, if you're listening, man, this needs to happen. Uh, it's coming for you. Coming for you. Coming for you. I'll beat your ass. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that's that one to rest. And uh, lads, let's uh, let's go on to uh, the high ball. Yo. The high ball. The high ball. Oh. <laughs> oh. So um, yeah, we've uh, we've been chatting about a bit of drinking uh, already on this, and uh, I think I'm just missing it a bit, but. Uh, yeah, so just one, one question, right? Do you dance on a night out? Yes or no? And give me your reasoning. So for me, <laughs> for me, it's an absolute fucking yes, right? And this is whether I'm drinking or not, right? Because I think it's like <clears throat> my reasoning, why the fuck not? Like I'm out, I'm drinking, I'm going to be a fucking idiot anyway. I might as well get up and make a show of myself. And... Uh, my reason when I'm not uh, drinking is, oh, I do it if I was drunk. So let's fucking do it anyway. But I just love to dance anyway. I mightn't be any good, but you know, I'll throw a few shapes. So, uh, Robbie, what's your answer to this one, bud? It's a resounding yes, 100%. But there's Yo. like an optimal amount of, you know, if I was kind of, if I was sober, I'd just be doing a little dad two-step. That'd be good. That'd yeah. be good. That'd be good. But um, so you, you have a... a, a a dance to drink uh, ratio. Yeah, the more like yeah, like obviously like you don't. If obviously anyone you drink too much, it's just gonna get messy. But there's like a certain point where I'm like you know, dance floor. Like you just kind of dance floor takes over for the night, and you're just dancing. And uh, especially uh, I know you seen uh, me and Maria at uh, Kielda's wedding. We are shit hot at. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's my dance partner, and we are shit hot together. So you know. Yeah, like when we step up to the to the dance floor, you want to watch the fuck out because you know we're coming for you guys. Yeah, it was it was it was absolutely amazing to watch. Like, uh, there's uh, there's no words, there's no words. So uh, yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love dancing. Though. It's good crack, but uh, I'm not I'm, I'm much good like on my own. But <laughs> I give it a go. Yeah, dead right, dead right. And uh, TJ, Bud, what's the crack here, man? I know, I know. Oh, you've torn your crew sheet and all those. Uh, <laughs> well, we've been, on a, <laughs> you, we've been on a couple of nights out and I think you might know the answer. But uh, the minute you asked the question, it just reminded me, did you ever see that film, The Night at the Roxbury? It's going back yeah. to the mid-90s. It's I haven't actually, Is that Will Ferrell? Uh, yeah, and geez, yeah, I, I can't I, I think actually, of that. Daughter lad's name, it, but uh, my uh, Chris Catton actually. But uh, it's kind of it's based off Saturday. But the minute you asked that, it just reminded me straight away that you just go over dancing up to a one and you're just making a shit of yourself, like so. But um, yeah, no, it'd, it'd be the same as what Robbie said, you'd have to have a couple of drinks in, and yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it, I, I think it's good crack. Usually on a night out, it's because you're trying to get the one thing. Like, <laughs> well, a great percentage of the time, a great percentage of the time. Any, I, I'd say, unless you're with someone, that's definitely the vast majority of the time. Anyway, like. So, um, what is your go-to move, TJ? Say, you know, you're on the dance floor, seeing a nice-looking lady, and what's your kind of just describe your kind of go-to move there. 
Uh, did you ever see the start in the lawnmower dance? <laughs> <laughs> or the dry in the back dance? I know I'm ripping the pace. I know it's just it's just the same as anyone else. I mean, same as anyone else. Try not make an idiot of yourself. And then um, Mr. Brightside comes on and then all that goes out the window. Like, that's yeah, the, so, it's a bit like Adagio for strings. Like, I mean, it's just Maniac 2000. I mean, dancing goes out the window then. It's just... <laughs> it's just oh, I was actually... I was at a wedding one time and it was kind of a brilliant moment because uh, there was... Um, a good few uh, Spanish people at the wedding and uh, everyone was having such a great night dancing away. It was brilliant. And then uh, the Journey song came on. What's the, the um, Don't, Don't Stop, Stop Believing? Believing. And everyone who like was kind of Irish was just absolutely just belting out and all the Spanish people were just being like, okay, uh, can this song be over now? Because <laughs> they didn't <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know this one. So uh, yeah, that was kind of a brilliant moment. But I, I think that, I, like, if you are single, I think it's the best way of on a night out. I won't lie to you, instead of, which I've done it myself, and I say vast majority you'd be guilty of is just hogging the bar. And, I mean, I think get out there, enjoy the night, and just let rip, like. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. just go for it. Like, have the crack, on you go. And as you said, you're only out there for one yoke. I buy the teeth. <laughs> I never specified what that was, though, so I was covering me arse. <laughs> <Yeah. thing. laughs> we, all, we all fucking know what that was. <laughs> yeah, so, boys, I think we'll call it there. Um, about I'd say about a 50-minute episode, 55 minutes. So, um, yeah, nice, massive thanks for listening. Uh, TJ, I love taking the piss out of you this week, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, yeah, bring Robbie. it on! <laughs> yeah, bring it on! Yeah, Robbie, Robbie, we need to uh, organize this uh, this athlete testing day as well. We'll yeah, yeah. I'll put I'll put it together. I'll put up like a spreadsheet, and I'll have these. You know, yeah. can uh, we? Can I add in one thing about it? Can it be drinking ability as well? Tita, you know I destroy you in that. You drinking your fucking your piss Budweiser? I know, I, I guarantee you. It, actually, this is it. And If it's sinking points, man, you were a Budweiser, myself with a Guinness. There's no fucking bet at me. Listen, we can, like be honest, guys, it can't be a fair uh, contest because uh, DJ, uh, or TJ can't eat uh, dairy. So, you know, you can't just <laughs> have a chance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, fucking oh, hell. What about the crusty scones? Like? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, lads, before before we go down this uh, rabbit hole of uh, taking the I think we should just sign it off. I've been Liam. The two of you have been great. And uh, this has been episode three of the Two Hands in the Heart podcast. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good, good night. Bye, 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 bye. Good luck. 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 Good luck.